Welcome back to Venture Pill, everybody. We've got a regular dose on the docket today, and you should expect an alternating cadence of regular and then interview in the coming weeks. We'll see if we like that flow, and definitely let us know what you want to hear. But with that said, let's dive into this week's dose. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Here's this episode's breakdown. So first, we're going to dive into a productive conversation on AeroTime, a platform that helps workers optimize their schedule and minimize the cost of unproductive meetings and emails, fueled off their recent $2 million seed round. Next, we'll talk about Prenda, hot off their $22 million Series B, which was led by 776 and our good old favorite Alexis Ohanian. Uh, the company is taking a new approach to education through micro-schooling. Then, you'll hear about Realware, which just announced their $23.5 million Series C, led by Foundry Group, and how they are assisting frontline workers like never before with assisted reality technology. And last, we'll wrap up this week's dose with a breakdown on Bark, which just raised a $30 million Series C, led by Kane Partners, to alert families about concerning behaviors of their children online. Truly a fantastic dose of startups this week. It's good to be back to our regular episode. Let's get into it. You see here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill with your hosts, Brandon and Sam. We're here to prescribe you your weekly dose of startups and venture capital to keep you informed in the evolving world of venture. Okay, first story that we're going to cover on this week's dose of Venture Pill is AeroTime, which just raised a $2 million seed round led by Sequoia Capital India, Nexus Venture Partners, as well as Soma Capital and several angel investors. I think to set the scene for AeroTime, we gotta hit, hit our listeners with a slew of crazy statistics, but according to Atlassian, the average worker checks their emails 36 times per hour. Furthermore, it takes 16 minutes for the average worker to refocus after handling a new email, and this is something I definitely can relate to. Also. The average worker receives 304 business emails per week, um, which is, again, something that I, I think it's I think it's realistic, but crazy to see that number put together. And lastly, when constantly checking email and fielding your inbox, the average worker loses 10 IQ points, which is equivalent to the effects felt after missing an entire night's sleep. Wow, that's incredible. I don't know how I don't know how they possibly quantify that, but I I could believe it. It's kind of you know it drowns it drowns out your brain when you're just constantly checking email. You know it's almost addicting. The notifications that you get, you're fielding that many emails per week. That's crazy. Right. It's it it makes sense, but it's just scary to see the numbers put out like this. Right. And of course, people might need to value sleep more we can that's another conversation but <laughs> i feel like checking email is not nearly even on the scale of valuing sleep 
right? Like, it's obvious, yeah, you should get a full night's sleep, but it's not obvious that you shouldn't constantly be fielding email and that the effect is essentially the same. So maybe, yeah, right. they're setting out to change the way we think about that and provide a way to provide a way to optimize around that. And so in comes AeroTime, which leverages an algorithm to automatically stack meetings together and intelligently put together a person's day. Uh, we're starting to see more intelligent uses of software and calendar software. Shout out Cal.com, of course, but uh, the big dogs like Google Calendar, Microsoft Outlook have gotten smarter recently with you know, you might have seen suggesting meeting times and kind of meeting analytics, how much time you're spending in meetings. Uh, but they're not really on the level that AeroTime is, if you want to get into kind of how they how they break it down. Right. So as you mentioned, AeroTime essentially optimizes your workday and some of the additional above and beyond features that help differentiate AeroTime are auto replies for declined meetings as well as recommendations for your agendas and the ability to move meetings on a user's behalf. Um, a couple more features, it also integrates with Slack, which is one of the most popular, if not the most popular uh, corporate instant messaging platform. It also audits existing meetings to recommend a better daily meeting structure. So it analyzes your weekly breakdown of meetings and kind of becomes more intelligent using its algorithms and helps suggest some so a better structure for, for your meetings. Additionally, it looks to maximize the task creation to accomplishment ratio, which is a new ratio that neither Sam nor I had heard before, but it makes sense. Um, and they do this by trying to recommend the best times to place tasks based on a few factors such as past task accomplishment behavior. So basically, if AeroTime recognizes that you have a lot of low-hanging fruit, some tasks that are easy to knock out in five minutes. They might stack those up and um, optimize your calendar so that you have more time later in the day when you have less of a meeting block to knock out some of those bigger tasks that could take you know an hour or even more. Yeah, I'm all about uh, you know time time management optimization of a schedule. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I think that we could all learn about that instead of just randomly scheduling meetings and getting your tasks done whenever you can. It's a cool technology. I, I hope gains traction. And uh, and so to wrap it up here, AeroTime has already uh, started working with 70 teams, um, mostly at startups, other startups, and it's currently in private beta. So I imagine with these with this round of funding they'll work out of the private beta and, and really start to hit the market hard. Uh, so we'll be tracking them uh, for their next round. All right, the next company on the docket here is Prenda, which recently raised a $20 million Series B led by 776 with participation from VC Learn Capital, among a few others. Uh, so our boy Alexis Ohanian <laughs> leading the round here for the $20 million Series B. So. Prenda from a high level is an education platform that provides kids in the K to eight range with tuition free learning in small groups that meet in homes and other flexible locations. So this is called micro schooling, another new term for the both of us here. Um, they've got some good traction so far. So they've got over 3000 students across 300 micro schools 
in six states. So these micro schools are groups of students, um, not necessarily all the same age, but in kind of groupings of ages. So there's a bit of mixture there. And the groups are usually five to 10. That's what defines a micro school. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I swear we need a bell to ring every time we mention 776 or Alexis Ohanian yeah. because, you know, it's, yeah. it's really incredible. Um, we're, we're, we're working our way up. We could call it, we could call it the angelist bell at this point. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Prenda is a just raised their $20 million Series B. Uh, the name Prenda actually means gift in Portuguese and also has the same root as the Spanish word aprender, which translates uh, to the verb of to learn. And put this all together, they're signaling the truth, which is that learning is a gift and something beautiful. That, something so beautiful, something that Sam and I have touched up on um, several times. You know, we love covering ed tech startups within the podcast here. Uh, but you may be wondering, how is tuition free? Well, I'll tell you. So <laughs> Prenda, <laughs> Prenda keeps tuition free because of financing they receive from schools and other organizations that they receive within their community. And the money that is raised from these schools and other organizations is then shared between Prenda and its guides. Uh, which are also known as their teachers, you know, essentially the people that are orchestrating these classes, uh, these micro classes. The curriculum actually leverages from third-party online tools such as Khan Academy for math, Lexia for reading, and Prenda also has some tools that they've developed themselves. Um, I think they mentioned like a lot of their writing classes leverage the platform that they've developed in-house. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an interesting model, right? These guides that they call them, uh, these teachers, um, are not necessarily accredited teachers either. They're just folks in the community, generally I'm sure parents who want to start their own school. I think the story goes with this company that the founder uh, started his his first, you know, the first uh, group, the first micro school, and he was the guide. And, and then it kind of started to grow uh, as more parents wanted to start their own in other places. And here they are today working with six states uh, so far and with over 300 schools and they're really looking to grow that here with this funding. I think if we had to sum it up, it's just another model of education and and this world of education combined with ed tech is ever evolving, I think, at a pace faster than ever before. We're starting to get Mm -hmm. away from the traditional models and it's pretty cool to see something get outside the traditional school setting too, where it's these small groups and within the community and kind of like a cross between homeschooling and traditional school. So, right. I don't know. Very, very, very interesting company. Not something, not something similar to what we've covered before. So it'll be interesting to see how they can grow. And 20 million is no small amount either. So they must have some, some big plans to, to grow this brand and and make it a much more, mainstream option for mm-hmm. parents and their and their kids. Yeah, 100%. I think micro-schooling is a microcosm for micro <laughs> ge- for micro-greens under a microscope. It- <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, we got the third company for today. That is Realware, which raised a $23.5 million Series C led by Foundry Group. 
with participation from uh, Qualcomm Ventures and many others. Uh, Realware is a provider of assisted reality solutions for frontline industrial workers. It's kind of like AR. Instead of augmented reality, it's assisted reality. So imagine a frontline worker. Maybe they're in a factory. Uh, they're wearing this ear, ear and headset so they can have audio assistance. And there's a camera on there that provides a visual aspect. So they're getting kind of this real-time, hands-free information and expertise in-ear while they're working, really increasing efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I appreciate yeah. you letting me name the product here. So it is the Realware Navigator 500. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> which became commercially available at the end of last year and is truly the first of its kind. Um, just a, 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 as a glimpse of some of the traction that Realware has already has already gained here, some of its cust or its customers include 41 of the Fortune 100 companies. Wow! So that includes BMW, Shell, Mars, and more. Uh, 2020 was an explosive growth year for them. They tripled their year-on-year -year growth and. The company plans to use this new funding to not only to continue to develop the hardware, maybe bust out the Realware Navigator 1000. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but also, but also build towards a unified software and services platform to go along with it, and I imagine try to kind of vertically integrate the whole experience. Yeah. And this may be one of those scenarios where it's a first mover advantage. Although you and I didn't dive too deep into the assisted reality market. We know that this augmented reality uh, sort of space, whether that's AR, VR, you know, it all kind of blends together for the common consumer. We know that this stuff has been in the works for a while at companies like Google and Apple, you know, with Google Glass early on and Apple. Right. Uh, you know, people speculating that Apple is building some sort of headset or, or glasses or something in between the two. Uh, but this is a really cool product that can help workers become much more efficient. And you see it as a global solution for giant companies, mainly in the manufacturing space. Like uh, that's, that's at least what I envision, like a car manufacturing plant, uh, all mm -hmm. the workers wearing this um, and getting live feedback. Uh, maybe it's from live people, but it's also from artificial intelligence too. Uh, it was interesting also this company is is really globally distributed so they're based out of washington but they've got offices in the uk singapore germany australia netherlands and japan so truly a global company here i imagine you know not only is the funding used for what you what you covered there but also for the global growth and being a global company is is not inexpensive so no, not at all. And I think just to quickly tack on to that, not only does it boost efficiency of our frontline industrial workers, but hopefully also just safety, right? You know, like yeah. they, they're, I guess those two kind of go hand in hand. But if we are, if, if these are being used in some of these uh, more dangerous factory settings, I kind of like the application here where they, it's basically like they have another set of eyes, but it's really... Yeah. another set of eyes in their ears and they're and they can, yeah yeah honestly and they can be more focused right they're not looking down at a tablet or a phone 
Um, it's hands mm-hmm. truly hands free and and that's safer too. So really cool technology. Very very cool company there led by Foundry Group, a, a well respected firm. So we'll see where they can take this twenty three point five million. Honestly, it seems like a small Series C, but it may have been affected by recent market conditions. We we weren't mm-hmm. able to get numbers on the valuation or recent valuations. Uh, so we're in the dark there. But you know, for a global company like that, I would have probably expected a little bit higher amount of of a raise there. So maybe they'll be raising soon again. Right. I think it goes hand in hand with just companies being more, you know, responsible and patient with their fundraising strategy. But we will, you know, have to wait and see to find out on that one. So stay tuned and we will be tracking along Realware and we'll let you know when they drop the Realware Navigator 1000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, we'll have to get get ourselves one. <laughs> <laughs> For the venture pill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Uh, last company of the day is Bark. <laughs> they raised a $30 million Series C led by Kane Partners. And I thought it was noteworthy to mention uh, Leon Chen, their managing partner, joined the board. So that's always a signal. The managing partner of the leading firm uh, is joining the board of directors. So that means he believes in it. Uh, he's mm-hmm. going to be involved. So that's a good signal there. Just thought I'd note that. We hadn't really mentioned that with any of our companies before, I don't think. Um, certainly certainly a vote of confidence there, which as an investor you, you would love to see. And you yeah. know, just good to see someone buying into the, the, the actual product. There's only so many boards that these partners will join too. So it's just another... It's just another data point, another signal that that you like to see. So good for Bark, good for Leon, Mr. Chen there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Bark helps families protect children online, whether that's at home or at school. They now protect nearly 6 million children across over 3,200 schools in the U.S., as well as a few other countries Uh, mainly the U.S., though. And so what are they doing? They leverage AI to alert families and parents of concerning behaviors online, uh, whether that be cyberbullying, depression-related, suicidal ideation, violence, many other things that they're tracking there. A couple of interesting stats, noteworthy stats here. 629,000 severe self-harm situations were detected by Bark in 2021 which is mind-blowing uh mm-hmm. as well 2.6 million severe bullying situations were detected and this is only among the data that bark is tracking right now on their platform that's not to count you know the millions of other children online and other interactions that are going on right those are some truly alarming statistics there um but I think it kind of goes to show just how important and how, how useful Bark can be here. I mean, that's across the 6 million children that they cover. So hopefully as they expand to reach more than the 6 million children across 3,200 schools, they will be able to mitigate some of this really crazy and, again, just alarming uh, numbers here of, of self-harm and severe bullying situations. So how it actually works is Bark monitors social media texts, images, videos, emails, chats, and even files, and it allows families to create 
custom screen time schedules, as well as the ability to block certain websites and certain applications. Um, Bark actually even tracks slang and emojis specific to each country. So it really feels like it's covering, you know, all the bases there. And Yeah, for those um, parents that don't quite understand the uh, tween texting language. <laughs> right, whatever the kids are saying these days. Right. Um, but yeah, so the service works with a $14 monthly subscription service, regardless of the number of devices it's covering and the number of kids that it's monitor- monitoring. Um, and what Sam and I really thought was noteworthy and kind of an awesome initiative and mission here is that Bark is free for schools, which is made possible by the revenue Bark brings in from the subscriptions that families pay for it. And this actually spawned out of tragedy. It spawned after the Parkland school shooting of 2018. And from that, from that point on, it was declared free and that it will always be free to, to children in schools. Yeah, it's truly incredible there. And, and, you know, you talked about our passion for ed tech but, and, and, and education, but I think more, more than that is mission-based companies and, and impact. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing to offer it free to schools to hopefully, you know, to hopefully better monitor kids online because, you know, as everybody knows, our lives are increasingly happening more online and kids nowadays mm-hmm. are growing up digitally native. Uh, so a lot of kids' lives are happening online and that's therefore where a lot of bullying and a lot of bad stuff goes on. And to be able to track that is certainly important and whether that can contribute to preventing events like school shootings, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm sure it couldn't hurt to be able to monitor, monitor things and and stop things like that in their tracks. Right. I think it's totally a step in the right direction. Um, You know, as the saying goes, with great power comes great responsibility. And we are giving our kids, including, you know, I was, I had a phone when I was young as well. I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily an iPhone, but we give, you know, younger and younger generations seem to have more and more power in the palm of their hands, which, you know, is again, it's, it's, a double-edged sword and certainly brings about the the good parts of technology and you know constant communication and also plenty of the negatives along with it as well. Bark is collecting some incredible data across millions of data points on kids and teens and their activity, their conversation topics and and the like. Um, and again when I say incredible that's caveated with it's it's pretty disturbing information it's pretty disturbing data but incredible that they're able to track it and collect it and hopefully prevent it. But to get into the numbers, 75% of tweens and 93% of teens talked about drugs or alcohol, and 43% of tweens and 75% of teens were involved in some kind of self-harm or suicidal situation, and that's just to name a couple. So again, some very alarming statistics here, um, but you know, I think it speaks to the mission and important use case for bark yeah how important a problem this is i think it's one that only gets unfortunately gets you know worse with time as technology and social media continue to develop and be such a big part of every tween and teenager and young adult's life right and we've seen so much innovation in technology and social media platforms you know most recently with tiktok and things like that and I think it's just great to see almost a combating innovation 
to make sure it's it's safe because do we want to put our trust in these big social media companies who you know who claim they have good privacy policies and put the put individuals health first you know of course we've recently seen news about facebook or now called meta and and how instagram is has been shown to be a negative a horribly negative effect on kids and teens mental health this is a growing trend it's not going to stop anytime soon but bark is certainly on the fighting side for that and and can give mm-hmm. parents peace of mind and hopefully make a difference in a lot of the problems being exacerbated by technology uh, so we can get back to focusing on the good parts that like you said right so with with the data points brought up here bark is clearly all bark and also all bite <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah excited to see the growth of bark and you know hopefully it continue to identify and help prevent some of these uh, self-harm and bullying situations that are increasingly being detected on social media and text messages all all avenues of communication and so yeah with that I think we're gonna wrap up our 19th dose of venture pill we have some more exciting interviews to check out I hope everyone got to got to uh, listening to the last week's interview with Landon Campbell uh, one of some of our best work and it's obvious, obviously a pleasure hosting Landon on the show and we and we've got some cool guests on the docket here that we've pre-recorded in preparation for our travel so uh, working on that hard for you pilgrims out there uh, appreciate your continued support and sharing the show uh, and hope you enjoyed this one Thanks for listening. I'm Sam. I'm Brandon. And this is Venture Pill. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. Signing off. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but wait.